0: Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. So if you've got your scripture, we're gonna be in Acts chapter 10. And um, I wanna preface this because I have to read a lot of verses today, I just have to. I tried to break it down, I wanna break it down, but in order to grasp like the fullness of this passage, we have to see the entire context, the whole message of it. And so I just wanna read that to you, is that okay? Let's read some words today. But before I read that word, I wanna give some context because this part of the scripture we're about to walk into is about how God reveals himself to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are non-Jews. And this really is in line with Jesus' prophecy in Acts 1.8. And he says, but you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is getting to that place, the ends of the earth. And I believe we're still writing the book of Acts and I believe we're still a part of sharing that message to the uttermost parts of the earth. And guys, I just want to invite you as a church into praying with me. In January, we're going to cast vision for the church. Where, what are we going? What are we going to do? And I just want you to prayerfully consider what would God have us do? Like he's assembled this very unique, very eclectic, I believe very entrepreneurial. We want to go after something. And I, I believe like, it's, it's coming quickly. What would he have us do together? I just want to invite you just to join me in prayer, and then let's, let's start that journey together. Acts 10, and I want to start in verse 1. You ready? Come on. And if you got feedback, you can speak up. If I send notes to you, holler at me. Let's have some fun. There's a lot of freedom in the room. Talk back if you want, okay? Okay? Thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's let's loosen up a little bit. Welcome to church. Let's have some fun in church. Come on. All right, ready? Come on, hey. Come on. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's, let's go. Let's have some fun. Okay. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. Now, listen. You need to know. That means he's in charge of over 600 people. It's kind of a big deal. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius! Exclamation point. The angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? If you saw an angel, would that be, what is it, sir? (laughs) He asked the angel, and the angel replied, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. In other words, like there's a remembrance before the Lord where he's like caught his attention. This matters to me. You caught God's attention. That's fascinating. Prayer and gifts caught God's attention. It's what he was known for. Now, send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. Now, does anybody know what a tanner is? What is it? What is it? Cures animal hides. If you don't know, it's a nasty job. Peter is staying with a guy who cures animal hides. If you don't know this, in Jewish culture, did you know that you could divorce your husband if he became a tanner? Did you know that? I learned that in Israel, by the way, while I was there. And they were honestly considered outcasts. They weren't even allowed because in Jewish culture, you know, you couldn't even go into the temple if you would touch something dead. You were ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. So Simon would have most of the time been considered a pretty unclean person. He didn't go to church very much. And Peter is staying at his house. Fascinating. All right, let's keep going. Where was I? Verse eight? Seven. All right, as soon as the angel was gone, verse seven, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what was about to happen and sent them off to Joppa. Skip down, verse nine. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, listen to what's happening simultaneously. Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners, In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure and unclean. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision was repeated three times. Does anybody know what Peter did three times? What did he do? Denied him. Does anyone see the kindness of God in that? I'm going to give you a vision three times. Just a subtle reminder. You can trust me. I love that. All right. Sorry, I keep losing my place. What verse was I at? 16. 16. Thank you. Thank you, bud. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Peter was very perplexed. I love that word. You can underline it, circle it. This is what we're going to talk about today. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Just then, right? Anybody? Perplexed? Just then. Perfect timing. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over a vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, these three men have come looking for you. Get up and go downstairs. Go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. All of this, simultaneously, all these amazing pieces moving together. Have you ever walked through a season of perplexity? You just felt perplexed by what you're going through? Anybody? Felt perplexed? Even in doing the right thing, Anybody? I'm perplexed in doing the right thing. I'm not doing the wrong thing. I'm perplexed because I'm doing the right thing and I don't have the full vision yet. There's a lot to be said about this. Let's skip down to verse 24. Okay, so they end up he goes with these guys, they show up to Caesarea, verse 24. They arrive in Caesarea the following day because it's a quite a bit of a ways of a walk. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. He called everybody he knew because he knew this was a moment that was gonna be so important. God spoke to me and I'm moving in response because what God has said is gonna affect everybody in my life. This is the message of the good news. No, sorry. 25. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshiped him. But Peter pulled him up and he said, stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile's home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Who? he's unearthed everything I once believed and he transformed it and told me Don't believe what you believed about them. I'm going to give you something brand new. This is the truth. So I came, listen, Peter, I came without objection. And as soon as I was sent for, now tell me why you have sent for me, he says, because I don't even have the full picture yet. Cornelius replied, four days ago, I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly a man dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He proceeds to tell him the whole story and what this angel said. So I'm gonna skip down to verse 33. So I sent for you. Once this happened, I responded. I sent for you at once. Do we see common threads all through Peter's life and Cornelius, God-fearing people move in obedience immediately. God said it, I'm doing it. It's unearthing everything I thought. It's changing my whole life, and I don't know if I like it, but like without objection, I'm going. It's the mark of somebody who has the fear of God, the awe of God, the reverence of God. God, your ways are higher than mine, and if you told me to do it, I'm going to trust that it's good, even when I might not feel it's that good. What a weird way to live. Anybody uncomfortable with that saying? So I sent for you at once and it was good for you to come. Now we're all here waiting before God to hear the message that the Lord has given you. Give me the full picture. Verse 34, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and to do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Do you see what God is about even right there? It says who the devil was oppressing Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit and came and brought healing to the oppressed. I believe many times we want to blame God for oppression when it's truly the devil at work. God desires to bring healing in our life. God desires to meet you right where you are, but take you maybe where you're not. He wants to remove you from that place of torment and take you to the place of freedom. Let's go there with him immediately into what he's invited us into. And I believe we find freedom and healing on the other side of that. He is the one, verse 43, he is the one that all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have all of their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell. All who were listening to the message fell upon them. The Jewish believers who then see these people speaking in tongues and praising God, it says in verse 45, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to these people being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders to them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus baptized into his life to stand before his father with his righteousness and his life upon us. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. <sighs> Come on, have some reading. But I had to read that whole thing because you captured th- So what is this passage not saying? Because we can read a passage or a verse of that and we could say this, this is what it is not saying that everyone, no matter what they do, is a clean person. It is not saying that. I, I, I would love for every truth to be true, and it, you could just live your truth, and it's gonna be wonderful. That is, that's not in this book. It's not. And I have met a lot of people who are living their truth, not finding what they hope to find. And if that's you today, maybe, maybe today I just pray that the truth of Jesus gets revealed to you, and, and he just meets you and you realize it's better than maybe you thought he was because that's the truth that I personally have discovered. His, like, He is true and what I thought was true is absolutely opposite, but he's better than I thought he was. That's the truth that I experienced personally that revolution is my life. And that's the truth that Cornelius, he sought God the best he knew how, but he didn't even know Jesus. And yet God was wooing him in He's like, I'm gonna make a way for this guy because I see him. How fascinating is that? So what's this not saying is that every person, no matter what you do, is declared absolutely clean. That's, That's not exactly what it's saying. But what it is saying is that God has declared every person on this earth worthy, worthy to hear the wonderful saving message of his son Jesus, who laid down his life for you, who saw you on the cross, who thought of you and laid down his life for the payment of all of your sins, past, past, present, and future, and became our sinful flesh to give you perfect righteousness. That's available for everybody. He's declared everyone clean. That message is for you. As you receive it, it will revolutionize every aspect of your life. Radical obedience, if I see anything, there's a couple of things I wanna share with us today. Radical obedience produces radical blessings, radical presence, but obedience can seem perplexing. At times, obedience can seem perplexing. Have you ever gone through those seasons that just feel like, I mean, I've finally decided to follow you, Lord, and this isn't what I thought. I wanna tell you the first time I got on a church staff, I thought everyone prayed. Like I thought I would go in, into a church and I finally got my first church job and I'd go in and all the pastors would be like, we're gonna pray and the Holy Spirit's gonna come down and fire and then we're gonna move in response and we're just gonna go like walk the streets and like tell everybody and I show up and they're like, hey, you've been working on that graphic for uh, the young adults? I'm like, I had to have a graphic? What's a graphic? They're like, you know, like you gotta contact the business down there downtown who makes the graphics for us and I'm like, Oh, yeah, 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 I've been working on it, yeah. Like, go in my office, I'm like calling him. i can you make me this graphic? Like, I don't have it now. Like, go. And, and it's funny, but like, I thought, like, stepping into, like, what this thing is called, like, the church. Like, this book is, like, telling all this crazy stuff. And, and I was thinking about artwork, and I was thinking about how the set design looked, and I was thinking about what you felt when you walked in the door. And all of a sudden, it took about two years, and I wanted to die. I was perplexed to the point that, like, literally, I think I would rather die than continue to do this job. I worked in a warehouse before that where I moved boxes all day and no air conditioning. I said, I'd like to go back, please. (laughs) Perplexed. I was just absolutely perplexed because I don't understand. And I thought I was walking in obedience, so God was surely going to show up, and it got easier because he was in it, right? didn't get easier but I learned so much in that place of perplexity. And I feel like in this story is so beautiful because a guy like Peter, who's one of the apostles, who sees Jesus resurrected, filled with the Holy Spirit, is told in a vision three times, listen, three times to go to this house because internally, listen, he's a racist. Peter doesn't like Gentiles, And he knows that if I go to this guy's house, I'm unclean because they're unclean people. And God is unearthing everything he once believed to transform him, to send him in to be a ministry to this man. He's uprooting all of his stuff so gently and kindly. He gives the vision three times. Speaking to his past experience with God because God knows his heart. He needs this vision three times. I love the the scriptures are so full. But then even think about how God has prepped him to go to a Gentile's home by calling him to befriend a man named Simon the Tanner who's tanning tanning hides. He's already staying with a guy who's considered unclean, just a Jewish unclean guy. Now I'm gonna break that barrier. I'm gonna take you gently because Peter, I know you can only handle a little bit. I'm thankful God takes me step by step. And he took Peter step by step. He never left just taking him as far as he could go. He was hanging with Simon the Tanner. And he goes, I'm gonna take you another step. You're about to go where you never wanted to go. But Peter saw the blessing there. And he said, here's the moment where I really believe God shows no favoritism because I seen what God did. When I moved in obedience and so did Cornelius, God showed up. He's better than I thought he was. He really shows no favoritism. I want you to think about maybe what could be perplexing in the scripture. When God's called us to obey him first, he said, man, would you trust my love for you? That's perplexing, is it not? I feel like that's wrong. Really should be, I got to do something to get there for that. I want to I hear you for Jesus did all that work and gave up his life as the perfect sacrifice to present you blameless before his Father in heaven. Wow. Receive his absolute forgiveness through the shed blood of his son, Jesus. Receive that past, present, right now, and begin to respond because that truth is for all of us. All of us. There's no one unclean for that. He's declared you available and ready for that message, Receive that message. And then Lord, please send me from response to that. But what else? After we've revered God and seen him as he submitted his life to us, then Ephesians 6 says something crazy. Hey, out of reverence to God, submit your life one to another. That means we don't come over and dominate one another. That means I come up under you and I submit my life and regard you and your life as even better than my own? Does anybody, I don't want to do that. He proceeds to say in Ephesians 6, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and died for her. Husbands, would you die for your wife today? I mean, would you wake up ready to live your life for her? Then it says, wives, submit yourselves to husband, Like you're submitting yourself to God Himself. Then it goes on to say, bond servants, people who maybe owe a debt. Like you work for somebody, work for them as if working for God Himself. Go to your job and work for God. Consider that person over you, your boss. As if he was the image of Christ Himself. Is anybody perplexed already? That doesn't feel like I'm gonna get what I want to get. Because what my wife really needs to be put into her place, and if I really dominate and control her, she'll do what I want her to do. (laughs) Come on, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trina's like, I get it, yeah. (laughs) I love you, girl. Wives, what your husband really needs is a verbal beating because he's so incompetent. He doesn't know what you think or feel, so he needs to hear it from you louder. He's losing his hearing with his age. Come on. I'm perplexed. But what I've found, what I've found, if you press in and move in obedience, I don't feel like this will be good it will be better. It will be better than you even thought it could be. But it can be a process and it's perplexing. And I think we need each other in it, you know? But obedience can be perplexing. But in the perplexity, there's always that just then moment. Just then. Obedience that doesn't even make sense. I'm gonna listen here. Obedience that doesn't make sense is usually the most challenging right before victory. It's usually the most challenging right before you see an incredible victory. Obedience can be perplexing, but disobedience is always confusing. Obedience can be perplexing, but disobedience will always lead to confusion. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he is a liar. And what he has spoken to to us about our spouses, our friends, our situation at work. Is it what God has said? If we listen to what God has said, he's going to bring you from a wilderness place to a promised land. It's not always what we expect. It might be different. It might be perplexing. But I promise you, there's always that just-in moment where there's an absolute freedom that enters in. And God shows up in ways that we never expected But we must, listen, 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 listen. We must seek God in this moment if we will ever see the just then moments. If you wanna know what is God's will for me right now, would you seek him in this moment? What would he have you do and think about right now? What's weighing heavy on your mind? What's on your mind? Even as I speak this message to you, what is it? What would it look like to bring that to him? What does that look like right now? Imagine that. What would he have you do where you sit today in your unique life cycle, wherever you are? How do I even begin? Today, I, want, I just want to give us a tool. Can I give you just something practical that I've been working on, that I want to work on every single week, and I want to just bring you into my life? And the way I want to, I want to bring this in is just because as I see Cornelius as a God-fearing Man, it says that all of his family is following his lead. Leading a family is hard. Parents, grandparents, you are amazing. I respect you more every day. Mom and dad, thank you. You're amazing. I made it, I lived. Pray for me. Still, I'm gonna choke him. Just kidding. I want to be an equipper, but I can't, do, I, can't do fam, I can't lead your family, but I can equip you with something. And I just want to invite you to do something. Would you have family dinner once a week? Like just gather your family, you should have dinner. And if you can't do a dinner, do something at night together. Have an intentional conversation. I want to make this available for you. Put those questions, holy man, that's a lot. Here's, here's, I just wanna bring you into my life. This is how I practice and I wanna invite you into it. I'm gonna have this, it's gonna be a QR code here in a second. So like you can hit it and it's gonna come right to your phone and you can get it. But it's gonna have, here's the passage we're going through this Sunday. I'm just gonna walk through it with you. Some high points and low points. You're gonna have the gist of everything, the best I can do in this allotted time. And then you're gonna have some tools. You're gonna to sit around a table and have a conversation with your kids. But the first thing I wanna do, I wanna get personal with my children. And if you don't have a family, you're like, I, I don't have a family, Jay. This isn't even applicable to me. Do you, have a, do you have a roommate? Do you have a friend? If you don't, you can come to my house and you can be my friend, okay? I promise, I don't even say that facetiously. You can, come, you can be my friend. And I promise you, there's other families in this room who'd love to have you, okay? But I wanna to talk to my kids. I, I wanna ask them, Hey, what's something you're thankful for this week? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Tell me about what you're thinking about that you're thankful for. If you need other words, if you got a three-year-old, hey, what made you happy this week? What made you happy today? Tell me about it. My JP's going to be like, man, the honeybee's outside. You know what I mean? I just like going over there and looking at them. It's awesome, man. Honeybee's are Awesome. Then I get through and I'll tell you a story. But I ask, what's the most challenging thing you face this week? Now I sit with my girls at night. I ask them, what's the most wonderful thing that's happened? They tell me about it with smiles. But I watch this moment where what's the most challenging thing that happened to you? And I watch my girls' faces like you can see it like come over. And it's a very serious moment. And and dads and moms, we have this moment to shepherd our kids through challenging situations it has got to be really tough. I know one thing that we can do about that tough thing. I know we got a dad in heaven who hears our prayers, and I teach them how to pray about it. I don't just pray it away, by the way. I don't just pray problems away, because that's not how it works. Lord, what have you given me grace to be in this moment? What the enemy means for evil, you're going to intend to do something Good. So we are those people filled and sent into this moment to be world changers. I don't pray problems away because God doesn't always answer that problem. I answer that prayer. Listen, we pray according to the will of God. He has come upon me to bring good news, to help bring restoration in this moment. What has he brought us into? Lord, would you give us vision to see? Lord, would you fill my heart with love for this person? Would you give me wisdom and words? And then I want to take them into, into prayer. And then I just want to sit and i like, hey, let's read a passage together. You want to read a story? Kids love stories. Let's read a story. We read the story. Hey, what did, God, what did God reveal to you through his word? Now my kids are going to say some things maybe off the wall. I'm like, that is an amazing thought. Can I tell you something that God has shown me too? And I bring them in to what this word is really saying. And you will be shocked sometimes what the Holy Spirit speaks through our children. Because listen. There is no, and I love what Adam told me one day, there is no junior Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will speak through your children. Listen carefully. They might just be speaking from him. And we can receive from them. Sometimes if we humble our hearts, we need to hear from them a little bit. And then I want to take this word that's ministered to my heart and I always wanna lead my family outward. What God has given to me, I wanna give away to somebody else. I don't wanna hoard the food, I'm gonna share the food. So God's gonna bless me. Who can we share this with? Who do you think needs to hear this? And he's gonna take us to share this with somebody else. And then I'm gonna to pray together as a family for the names mentioned and look for opportunities to share God's love. And then when we come back the next day at bedtime, I'll say, what happened today? What happened? Listen, the other night I'm sitting there with Blake and she's like, I don't know what God would have me do. And I'm like, let's ask him. You want to ask him? Sure. I said, Lord, put in Blakely's mind right now. I I lead her to pray this, by the way. Put in my mind what you would have me do. And I just have her imagine. And it's amazing what God will do. My little six-year-old, eight-year-old, oh my goodness, sorry, 8 Always best with that. My eight-year-old came running home that day because in her imagination, in her vision dream of what we prayed, she saw the playground. And this girl was standing there and she couldn't see the face, but she said something is, she's going through something and she's crying. She walks out to the playground and she said, I stood there for 15 minutes and I waited because nobody was there. I love the faith of children because they're like, go, God, show me, it's coming. (laughs) This is sure enough. Little girl runs over, stands still. She said, that's it. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Immediately. My eight year old's amazing. We can learn a lot from children. It's the faith of a child. She goes, and sure enough, this girl is crying because she lost her grandmother. What God will speak to us in prayer? God is this kind of good. He wants to show us even more. And I believe he's got wild plans for each one of us. The two common threads is these guys had visions but they had visions because they were praying. And they weren't seeking visions, they were seeking the God of vision. They wanted him, they both revered him and whatever he gave to them, they were sure that this was gonna be good. So if you wanna participate, I wanna invite you every single week. I'm gonna write this for you. Then we got some, I mean, Adam's gonna write this for you cause he's amazing. And uh, this is the QR code. If you wanna be a part of that, have family time together. And then when we go to life group, this is where we come together as families. I believe this is gonna help us have God's stories. We're gonna have a lot more to talk about when all of our families are walking through this. Now, if you're not a part of a life group, because you're like, I ain't joining my life forever with a bunch of people that I'm not sure I like getting together with people, start with your own family. And then let's see, uh, as he begins to show up, what he does. All right, I'm gonna finish up with this, and then band can come. We can trust God for clarity in the process of perplexity. You can trust God for clarity in the process of perplexity. Said it all, but Peter with the tanner, not sure why I'm at this guy's house. He's an outcast, God sent me. Move from that to Cornelius. I'm not sure what this vision means, but God's gonna bring clarity by sending this guy into his life. And when Peter shows up, I'm not sure why I'm here and I'm not even supposed to be here according to the law. But I see now, very clearly, that when God tells me to do something, he's doing far more than I thought or imagined. It uproots even what I believed in the past to be true to what I know to be true today. And I believe, I go back to working at a church and uprooting what I believed because what I had done was I was just like Cornelius when I went to a church. I wanted to worship the guy who was up there leading because I thought that he was like God, to be honest with you. I was like, dude, these guys got it together. I'm about to learn from guys who really got it, you know, got it. And I don't really got it, but they really got it. And I realized that what I had believed about the people on the stage was absolutely wrong. They were in process alongside of me and they were wonderful people but I had this unrealistic expectation about what it was to follow Jesus and I thought I was the only faker around. I was learning, you know. I'll tell you a story. This week, I, I'm going and I'm, I'm working and I'm mowing and I had those perplexing moments where I had a guy walk out and um, he asked one of us uh, for a cigarette at his house. And... Uh, I hollered over to one of the guys and brought him a cigarette, man. Stood there and talked for a while. But what was amazing when I thought about this whole story was my dad originally met him. And my dad had just gone to Honduras with that whole crew that was at Honduras. And because he was in Honduras, he was telling me, he's like, I just like renewed sense of vision, right? It's like where I'm aware. God sent me. And so we're mowing these yards. And this guy's asking for a cigarette. Papa B's like, I think this is going to be a moment. And he was like, you need to talk to my son. He calls me over there, bring him a cigarette, stand there and talk for about an hour. We're talking, we're talking. And I I mean, I see, I see God all over this, but I'm also kind of perplexed inside because I'm like, what are you up to? I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Right, Jess? It's like, I don't know what he's doing. And I'm sharing with this guy, I'm talking to him very clearly. And I remember thinking, like, as I'm looking into his eyes, I start, like, I believe, like, hearing in my, in my soul, like, this is, like, a moment for me. Like, I've sent, I've sent y'all here. And I'm speaking some very unique words. And up walks Jesse. And Jesse comes up. And I remember this guy speaking to him. And I said, hold up. Before you say another word, I want to introduce, like, this is a mighty minister of God. That's who you are, Jesse. Mighty minister of God. Yeah. But listen, 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 listen. This is where like it takes a turn for me personally because Jesse has not been standing there for the past 30 minutes I was talking and he walks up and as soon as I say this, this man starts speaking. And when he starts speaking, he doesn't even understand what he's speaking because what he's speaking is what I've already said, even the same kind of words that he used uniquely. And I watched this like, this guy like, Look at me when he's speaking because it's like he, like, I know you just said what he's saying, and like, what's the odds of this? And I'm just watching those perplexing moments, and I even think, Jess, like, even about past life, about what seems perplexing, like, God brings this unique clarity to go, I didn't really want all of that for you in your life but I redeemed you and put you in this moment. And I'm making what the enemy meant for evil in your life something absolutely good because you're speaking a language that somebody can understand. No, so God's up to far more. I had a clarifying moment there. I'm like, this is a pastor. He's a better pastor in this moment than I am. Speak, son, like go. Go, Pastor Jesse. I watched this full circle moment. But I had Papa B. had vision to see this is a moment this man would have never had the moment clarifying thing in the midst of what felt perplexing when we move in obedience there is a great freedom and clarity that comes now i want to have a time of prayer before we go if you need to leave during this time you can go i invite you to stay some of us are perplexed right now because we are operating and moving in what God told us to do, and it's not easy. We want to come alongside you and pray. God responds and moves in the prayers of his people. I want to pray. Now, if I'm not, hear me clear though, if you are not moving in the obedience of Jesus, but you are in direct contradiction, and you find yourself in confusion We're here to pray for you too. Today is a fresh start. Today is a renew. Today is a brand new day in Jesus. He's willing to cover and forgive and send you in a brand new way. You wanna go? Let's go together. Right now, you can share as much or as little or none, but I believe sometimes the best ministers are sitting right here in these chairs, right around the room. Would you you find maybe one or two other people and would you just share How can you pray today? Is there a place that you feel perplexed? You need clarity? Let's pray for clarity. I believe God's gonna move in this time of prayer. Let's gather up. Let's pray for those moments in our lives and let's see what he does. And then we'll close a song. If you need to go, feel free.